Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Golf Show. Brent Gunning and Sam McKee. Always happy to be with you. And let's be honest, a little extra happy to be with you here on Canada Day weekend. The Golf Show is brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary, symmetrical, full-time, all-wheel drive. You know, my co-host here, Sam McKee, I know you're as big a Canada guy as any what's this like just beneath christmas to you on the holiday pecking orders at one point in time was it neck and neck in saint patty's day when you were like 22 where where is canada day at on your on your holiday power rankings i know i'm throwing you a curveball here no, but i know you can hit it that's yeah i do like the breaking ball um it's high i think i think it's gone down in years past, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough question. You know, it's a little complicated. We don't need to get to politics on the golf show on a Saturday morning here. But uh, it's been a little bit more of a tough one over the past four or five years. But I do love Canada Day. I do love, you know, getting together with friends. It really does feel, I know June 21st is the first day of summer, right? That's when it unofficially starts. But, you know, July is when it really starts to get hot. The weather starts getting good. You know, there is a part of me, too. And not to get too much off on a tangent about about July and about the the months, but... Start getting not sad, but a little worried, you know, because mm. it's like May and June. It's the start. You're like, oh, my God, it's the start. You know, golf season's just starting. We're in. And then it just hits July and it's like, oh, we're on the way down now. Days are getting shorter. Days are getting shorter. So I know that's a little negative, but that's kind of how my stupid brain goes to when it comes to July. So there you go. There's a comprehensive oh. breakdown of my thoughts on Canada Day. You're uh, you're talking to pes- pessimistic Pete over here. You think I haven't had that exact thought all the time of oh no, we're on the downslope of the golf season now. <laughs> it's okay. We're gonna play deep into October because I love me some fall golf. But we're not gonna talk about changing colors now. Uh, when it's <laughs> let's 30 talk some about degrees, let's outside. talk about fall golf. <laughs> Who wouldn't love to throw on a, a thick quarter zip and maybe <laughs> I know a you toque? Would. <laughs> oh, you know I would. I you know me. I don't take off the quarter zip until it gets to about 26, 27. Uh, the the to day or any day for 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 that matter uh lots to get into obviously live stuff going on uh it is canada day weekend here always love hearing from you guys if you're getting out there teeing it putting a peg in the ground let us know where let us know uh with who uh mckee it's as good a segue as any to let us know we we got to put a peg in the ground at one of our our favorite spots uh this this past week uh our, one of our favorites in the city we we have wonderful relationships with many golf courses and i would never want to slight any of them but TPC Toronto is up at the top, if not the top, uh, for for places that are wonderful to host your your own game there, man. Uh, we we were out on the Heathlands track. We were out there with Bourne. We were out there with your dad, Andy McKee, the man who sired you. Uh, it was a <laughs> it was a wonderful sight to be seen. Uh, I I can never get enough of of TPC Toronto, or as I know some of the textures like me to throw in there. At Osprey Valley, that is like the the like subheading of uh, the name of it. Could never let that go. I loved it. We played the Heathlands track. Uh, the, one of the three. They're they're all ranked inside the top sixty five. I think uh, in Canada, although we will be getting a new rankings uh, a little later on this summer. I think so. Ooh. That'll be interesting to see. But McKee, uh, well, what was your takeaway from your day, and how much did you enjoy your boys getting to experience the Andy McKee experience? Well, it was great to have my old man out with you guys. So I really enjoyed that part of it. He really had a great day. So that was fun. Um, what I will say about TPC Toronto, um, and like you said, it's one of our favorite places to play a great relationship with that place is the thing that jumps out to me is the difference in the courses that are all within like five kilometers of each other. Incredible. 
I, you know, I love the Hoot there. The Hoot would be my favorite of the three. For sure. But it really feels like a different planet than the Heathlands. The Heathlands is straight Lynx, right? Barely yep. any trees to be found. Just nothing around. Like, it's just, it's a classic Lynx course. Feels like you're playing in the open. It's a really, really cool course. But then you go, I, like I said, I don't know, two kilometers, three kilometers over past the first first hole on Heathlands. And you'll get to the first hole on Hoot, which is, I don't even know how to describe it. It feels like you're in South Carolina or something. It's just mm-hmm. a very, very interesting sort of place. And they have like a 54-hole, you know, banger deal there that you can go and you can do all three courses. And I forget what the price is of it. But I can't imagine going to a place that has three different tracks and having a different experience at all three. I know the North The north is a little bit, of a, I would say, of a hybrid of the two. But I just it really blows my mind how much different that course is than the other two. Heathlands is really cool. Uh, I texted uh, our boy Brian there after a round just to, you know, thank him, show him my scorecard because I did shoot a 79, not a big deal. Mm -hmm. And he said two things to me. He said that breaking 79 there on Beastlands is a great round. (laughs) And he said, oh, you beat Quebec par. And I was like, Quebec par? What the hell does that mean? So I've never heard that from anyone. Quebec par, I guess, is 80. So there you go. A couple things from our boy Brian Decker that I wanted to throw in there. But, yeah, what an unbelievable day at TPC. Can't wait to get back out there again. I think we just found the greatest Canadian-only golf term. I always throw this out to you when we're at the RBC Canadian Open of how confused do you think most of these guys are when they hear skate, skate, skate when a putt is just coming up short or a chip (laughs) won't go. And I I can only – and not that that any of these guys are worried about not breaking Quebec par at the Canadian (laughs) Open. That is my new new favorite uh, Canada-only golf term. I don't know that you're getting skate many places else in the world on uh, chips and putts that need to go, but I guarantee you're not getting Quebec par anywhere else. I don't know. Maybe maybe in, like, Maine or something like that. Maybe in Maine they sneak <laughs> it into the lexicon there. Yeah. That's, uh, that's amazing. I'm happy you, uh, you shouted that out. And I want to echo all that as well. Uh, North, definitely a hybrid of the two. Heathlands, as linksy as it gets. And Hoot, I would dare say, for and we're, we're lucky. We've got to play a lot of amazing places. Maybe the most unique course I've played in and around this this part of uh, of the world here. It just has a feel that is nothing like what you see elsewhere in, in southern Ontario, and, that's for sure. So and, I'm, I'm happy you brought that up. And our boy Brian showed us where they're building a new clubhouse. They're building, like, a place to stay up there. It's going to be an unbelievable sort of, you know, it's it's. I think they're probably going for maybe not uh, the course quality of Cabot because that's just an unbelievable place. But, you know, Cabot is a... F- three-hour flight and a four-hour drive to get to, and it's, it's a, you know, maybe not as affordable as TPC Toronto would be. So it's, I think that's kind of the feel they're going for, for the stay-in-play stuff. They're building up a bunch of stuff. We saw where they were building the clubhouse. So it's going to be a really great place, way better than it already is, which is really good. So that was our day, and it was a really fun one. So I'm happy you guys let me have my old man out, watch him, uh, watch him putt it around. He had a good round. He enjoyed himself. So there you go. Are you kidding me? What, let your old man out. It was just like having two of you out there. Like <laughs> I know. The I know. exact. I know, it's like, I know. Honestly, we should have, uh, if we had a more talented videographer, like if there were two of you out there, we would have had to cut like a Charlie Tiger-esque video. <laughs> you, just exact same mannerism. The only problem is they're not as cool as like the spinning club. It's a lot of, ah, crap. Just a lot of that uh, in there. Okay. I'm happy. Uh, you <laughs> all let- so true. Yeah, you, you, uh, it really is. Uh, last little piece of self-indulgence before we talk about, you know, people who you care about playing golf here. I got to – you and I are playing later today, and uh, I'm, I got to tell you something. Uh-oh. I'm going 
full Mickelson here. Oh my we're God! Putting, You're defecting putting, to the live tour no, for two hundred million dollars. No, uh, I want to be want to be very clear about this. As much as I say it's terrible blood money, if someone wants to offer me just one million dollar, I'll <laughs> gladly listen. Uh, no, we're going two drivers in the back. Oh you know, I've been, you know I've been taking lessons here. My man Isaac, uh, he he's lent me one. <laughs> And I like the feel of it a little more, but I don't trust it. So it's going to be an illegal round because I'm not taking out any of my wedges. Come on. Who, what are we doing here? So, so we're, you got a we're loner driver. Drivers. You got a loner got a driver. Loner driver. He's, it was funny. I was hitting balls. He has a bit of a South African accent. So sometimes, you know, you don't always pick up on it right away. You get the gist of it. He's like, I don't mind lending it to you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, I'll hit it for the lesson. Okay. And then I'm leaving. And he's just like, all right, cool. See you in a couple weeks. And I was like, oh, and there's the driver in my bag. So there we go. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be hitting two drivers today. Well, actually, the hope is that I only hit one. And uh, at nine, I'm like, all right, get this old driver back in the car. That's the that's the true hope. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be an experience out there today. But you know me. I've been lost in the wilderness with my game for a while in terms of in terms of finding it. But I've been like I've been like a man who's lived in the woods. I have my own little shanty cabin built up. <laughs> it's not that sexy or appealing, but it's working for me. But now I've got Isaac's like the developer coming in. He's like, look, we got to smooth this out. We got to fix this. And it's going to be great one day, but right now we it's need like to build one of those. We need to build one of those Osmos Starbucks combinations around yes. here, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it'll be a scene for for you and uh, and our old pal uh, Rob Wonk that we're going to tee it up with today. So yeah. uh, I'm very excited about uh, about all that. But I, I just had to get it in there. I love it. I'm going Mickelson two drivers. It's a perfect segue. It really is because live golf, uh, boy oh boy, they are living it up this week. This is the first real test. For the PGA Tour. Uh, the John Deere field is what it is. Uh, I usually try to sugarcoat just about everything on the PGA Tour. It's bad. Uh, t- tough one this week. It's bad. Uh, uh, we love our guest on the golf show last week, who was really a guest on Sportsnet today with uh, myself and George Russick, Adam Hadwin. But if he's the betting favorite for an event, kind of tells you a couple things there. You know, hey, mm-hmm. he could be in the, t- he, just got, he just had a great finish at the U.S. Open. He could be among the top 10 favorites, and I'll hear it. But the betting favorite is a the, little tough heading into this. Can, just quickly before we, we get into other stuff here, I will say that this these kind of tournaments, and you don't get them very often on the PGA Tour, are a massive opportunity for the, some of the other guys. Yes. That, you know, like, they hey, they give out FedEx points for these babies. They I think, what is it, three of the top ten guys get into the, the Open Championship uh, yeah, later this month? it's an Open Qualifying so, Series event, yeah. Like, you know, we can we can crap all over the field and talk about uh, you know, Grio and all these other guys that are in it. <laughs> uh, I just I, I don't think that we should understate or undersell how important this is to guys that are not at the top because man, it's a huge opportunity. You look up at the top of the leaderboard, there's no JT, there's no Rory, there's no Rom, there's none of these guys. You're you got a chance to go out there and really, really set yourself up for a few seasons on the PGA Tour. So I just wanted to mention that before we get into making fun of it more. No, hey, hey, totally. Like uh, Canadians have won not this event, but some of these events. You know, I think back to Nick Taylor winning the Sanderson Farms Invitational, and the trophy is literally a big big chicken like you know they think about what that meant for taylor you know this guy goes on and allows him to keep his card for a few years he 
couple of years after that is beating Phil Mickelson at Pebble Beach uh, at one of the more prestigious events on, on tour. Like it is incredible what picking up a win at one of these type of events can can do for you. You know, our, our guy Mac Hughes, of course, he has a, he has a couple wins there as well. The RSM Classic, hardly a, hardly a sexy a sexy event there, but look at what it's done for his career, allowing him to keep his card and just continue on the the kind of rise he he's been on there. So that's the, you're right. I'm I'm happy you brought that up because it's huge for for these guys. Somebody's going to almost certainly have a maybe life changing is too strong, but career holding win this this week, and it could really go go a long way. The other side of this, of course, is is what you're looking at with Liv. This is the first. Well, it's their it's only their second event, but this is the first time where. It's fair to say the bigger star power, the bigger names, the more spotlight it's on live. And I mean, I know you've been uh, you've been living it up. You're you're over there having having high tea at the the Saudi royal family. uh, What what do you what do you have to say about about your beloved live tour? Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it goes this week. Listen, like we all saw that press conference. I'm sure we're going to get into talking about that. It's just the way it's being covered. And I'm not going to get on the, the guys who are the PGA tour guys, you know, like. The, the, a lot of the, the writers that cover the PGA Tour are very loyal to the PGA Tour, and that's fair. Listen, that's where their bread is buttered. That's fine. I'm not going to go out and say, hey, you should, you should write glowingly about this thing that's covered in blood money. I'm not saying that. But I think the, a lot of the way it's being perceived in the media is through one certain light. So I'm interested to see once the, once the golf actually starts and once all the teams are out there. The team names are just, Crushers. They're just so bad. Like honestly, team one, team two, team three, team four would have been better. Like it's just there's two colors there's, like there's, primary yeah, school. Team, team red. Blue. Get the pennies out, guys. Like <laughs> honestly, it's so bad. But I, I do I do think there's a world in which this is a big week for the tour. And if they, you know, it's somewhat exciting with a good finish, I do think the live could take a little step forward. Listen, I'm sure we'll get into the changes that the PGA tour has made in light of what the live is doing, but they're noticing. So this is a big week for them for credibility. And I know I know most of golf media is just going to poo-poo all over it. That's fine. I understand that. I understand your stances. But in the perception of the real world people who watch golf, I think this is a big week. The thing that kills it is, you know, you talk about being on YouTube. You talk about it being kind of hard to find. Listen, a lot of, you know, we always talk about what the ratings are for the PGA Tour, right? You know, it's like, oh my god, Speaking it's re- good. It's, yeah, it's really good. But you know why that is? Because it's guys like my dad who lie on the couch on Sunday afternoon and throw it on, and it's just on all day. Yep. I like are you know is Joe from uh, you know Spruce Grove going to YouTube to watch the live tour? That's a tough one. That's where I'm I'm thinking it's going to be hard for them to cross over. But we'll see how it goes. A lot of a lot of sons in their mid twenties, yes. nephews are getting calls of. How do I do the TV <laughs> listen, on the YouTube? Listen, listen. when the fir- when the first when the first event was on, it was on during uh, Real Kipper and Born, and I was I was texting the guys. I was like, ah, I got it on. They're like, Kipper calls me. He's like, How do you get it on? <laughs> <I'm> like, exactly. <laughs> so I sent them the YouTube link. Like, it's not exactly the most user friendly experience at the moment, but once you get it on, like if you've got one of those smart TVs, you put it on TV. This is commercial free, fast golf shots with a good presentation. 
an F1 style leaderboard. Listen to me. I'm Mr. Live here. I, you I are. I know. Guy. You're like, oh, I'm not. No, don't try to paint <laughs> no. me in this corner. And you're but, next week. You're coming here dressed like the Saudi. Prince, I gotta get I'm one sure. of those. I gotta get one of those live hats. So just living it up. Go full oh, heel. God. But I, I just, it think it's a big week. But I think it's gonna be hard for them to cross over because of what I was just talking about, having it be on YouTube, and you know the average age of golf fans. I think it's a little bit hard for them to cross over guns. Uh, there's there's definitely something to that 1000%. There's going to just be a barrier, a roadblock. I think they they would look at it as this is the weekend where everyone is talking about it and Correct. then the your dads of the world or whoever is say is sitting there going, "Okay, I I need to figure this out." And then look, maybe there is a distributor that that picks it up. You know, we know there are a lot of bigger carriers that are I would imagine don't want to overstep or make the PGA tour mad, but there are other entities out there that, you know, I mean, just like, we don't have to go through them all, but how many we'd always make the joke of like, we're right back to cable because there's 30,000 streaming packages available. So it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be somewhere. The other thing about in terms of the coverage, I hear what you're saying. It does feel to me like a lot of the, uh, maybe I'm completely wrong about this. It feels like to me the media would back off, and I, I always love this, me in the media talking about the media <laughs> yes. at large. But the media, I do feel like a large chunk of them would back off if guys would stop with the BS half of the answers. There's there a is lot always of a, BS. There's always, look, hey, it's money, man, like money. I got to do it, stability, injury. Okay, actually, if the answer stops there, I have no problem with it, but you got, and okay, here's our, here's our segue into this press conference yesterday of mm. Brooks, Patrick Reed and Pat Perez. You got Patrick Reed up there talking about how he misses his family and he never sees his kids anymore. And look, McKee, you know me, I'm as doting a dad as, as any. Okay. I get it. I really truly do. But here's the thing. Nobody put a gun to his head unless it was his wife and said, get your membership on the European tour. He plays five to seven events over there a year. If you're that upset and you don't want to travel and you're playing too much golf, maybe don't do that. It was the money. Just say it was the money. You're doing less work for infinitely more money. Just say that. And until the guys stop with all of this, we really want to grow the game. The idea of a shotgun start changes my whole world. There's music on the range. I've never felt Buddy, so free. I played a shotgun start on Sunday. I don't need to do it again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know what it's like. It's not great. And it's just once they drop all of this, I honestly do believe that every single question won't be, why are you in bed with Saudi Arabia and do you hate the families of 9-11? Like, I honestly think a lot of that stuff will, to a certain extent, go away once the guys themselves drop it. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. I don't know that it's explicitly written in the contracts. I probably wouldn't even be able to tell you if it was if I was looking at the contract right in front of me. But I guarantee you a big part of this is... Keep talking up all that other stuff. Don't just make it about the money. Make it about the prestige and starting something new. So they're never going to drop it. And until, here's the thing, until they stop lying to our faces, then I do think they need to kind of keep getting pushed on it. I get it. It's boring. It's tiresome. But so are these uh, cliche lies. Can I say that I agree with everything you said there? Yep. But will you hear the fact that it might be a little bit exciting for some of these guys? You know? Like, I think there is a world in which some Patrick Reed, you know, is we know what he's like. You know, he's one of the more renowned a-holes on the PGA mm -hmm. Tour. Everybody he thinks he's a heel. He's not the biggest. But, like, for him, where for some reason he thinks he's hard done by by the PGA Tour, right? Like, who knows why he thinks that? But 
I think there's a world for him where it's exciting to go against the PGA Tour, where it's exciting to start something new, where it's exciting to be part of this. Obviously, the number one reason everybody is there is the money. There's no, there is no denying the money is the number one reason they are all there. But I do think, even like you think, you know what Bryson's like, you know what some of these guys are like. Hey, man, my man Kepka is no charm. I'll get to him in a second. No, here. but no, I just meant like, I think Kepka is the number one guy that just doesn't care and just took the money. I think he's yep. the number one guy. But I think Bryson has this weird perception of him being this like, sort of, you know, hero guy that's helping start something new, that he's a star of the game, helping something new. I do think some of the guys they took, this is exciting for them. And I do think there's part of that. Will you hear that or no? I'd, I'd, okay, again, it goes back to it. I'd hear it if they would come out and explicitly say it. But they all think there's a world, I think, where they think they're going to they're gonna play live golf and then they're going to play the Memorial. They're going to play the Arnold Palmer. I, I firmly believe a lot of these guys, especially the younger ones, like I don't think DJ is worried about this stuff and definitely not Phil. But if you're Bryson, if you're Patrick Reed, I firmly believe they think in their heart of hearts they're going to eventually be able to do this and then a little bit of PGA Tour. So they won't come out and just drop the hammer and ether them. If Patrick Reed is standing there with his ear cupped out like he's Hulk Hogan saying, I hate the PGA Tour. They never give me any rulings. They always give him the rulings. But if he just said to himself, I hate the PGA Tour and I'm coming after you, I wouldn't like it. I still am a pro tour guy, but at least that is direct and I respect it. But it's just this mushy, milly uh, it is, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's the money. Come on, come on. It's the money. It's, it's the money. money. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's where, that's where I come have, to. Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, have we looked at you at use golf facts recently? There hasn't been a lot from use oh, golf facts. I was just, I was question. Just, just checking in on use golf facts quickly. And the last tweet that's on use golf facts is still one of the most electric oh. tweets of all time. And it's, I wonder what it's like to have the director of golf at Southern Hills give you all the course notes you need for the upcoming PGA championship. Do all players get this treatment at PGA? For at Tiger Woods, this is just embarrassing. Oh my amazing. God. Just amazing. Top five tweet in the history of the PGA. Anyways. It really is. Uh, I'd also suggest, I don't need to know that we need to go through them on air, but while you have it in front of you, uh, you might want to take a look at the likes. I something tells me, okay, there yeah. might be something fun in there. Yeah. Uh, one last thing I wanted to touch on from this presser. This is just a really funny moment of a guy who was feeling like the third wheel the whole time he was up there. Look, it's Brooks, it's Brooks Kepka, Patrick Reed. And Pat Perez. Pat Perez is a notable guy, very popular guy on tour. He seems to get along well with everybody. Let's not pretend he's in the echelon of those two guys who have won majors. And somebody asked a question, and they, I think it was a British reporter, and they go, oh, this one's just for, just for Brooks and Patrick. About the majors, you worried about not getting in? And you could see Perez right away, and you called me out for this when we were on the golf course, and I was talking Leafs a couple months ago, but I just, an angry drink of water. Just, oh, give me that, give me that Gatorade. And Perez just takes the angriest sip. Those two guys give their answers about qualifying for the majors or not qualifying, and then Perez goes, yeah, I'm only 107 ranked in the world. Why would I care about getting into majors, eh? Yeah. Well, he didn't say A because he's not Canadian. <laughs> I was going to say. It was, yeah, it was, uh, I just thoroughly enjoyed that. It was just a guy who's like, God, I have to answer these questions about blood money every time. I hope it was worth it. I guarantee you it is. Oh, it's I, worth it. it. Just, he just had that look <laughs> on his face like, hmm, this is how it's always going to be, eh? Yeah. All but right. Pat uh, Perez is the perfect live tour guy. 
for sure. A thousand percent. <laughs> he, he, looks so he is greasy. Mr. Live. He does. He looks so greasy. He's wearing the sick J's. He's got the big mullet or whatever you want to call that quaff going on at the at the uh, at his welcome party. Well, not just for him, but like the welcome party for everybody this week. Just had a shirt with dollar bills. I saw it. that. I and loved hey, it. And but here's the thing. Leaning. That's why I'm not mad at him. He's leaning. He's owning it. But the thing is, like, this is the I, I guess we can, you know, wrap this conversation up here after this, which, you know, it's been a back and forth one here, but I, it must be really nice for the guys who are just underneath the, you know, six big stars that took the money on live. Like they don't have to eat this. Like, you know, has anybody heard of Matt? No, no. It's like Brooks, (laughs) DJ, uh, Bryson, Patrick Reed, uh, Sergio, Phil, they just got to sit there and eat the punches from all of us. Well, not me, but everybody and everybody, but you, everybody, but me. And, the other guys are just like, yep, I'm making so much money, and I just, I'm a crusher. Here we go. Like, it's just really, like, I, I feel happy for those guys, I guess, that they don't have to eat it. But, yeah, there you go. Uh, last point from from beyond this is about Kepka. I crap on DeChambeau so much. I have to I have to dump on on this guy a little. So he had the statements at the U.S. Open. I'm not even on my radar. Why are you putting a dark cloud over this? Oh, look at that! Right after the U.S. Open, what do you know? He has a deal in place with Live Golf. And for him to pretend. What a little liar. Like, little fibber. Like, honestly, like that was the most brazen one of all. Fibby. Do, do you think Chase Kepka? Like I, I will actually hear the 1% chance that the idea with putting Chase Kepka in the field is like, ah, oh, we could trick people. They won't know. They'll see Kepka. They'll assume it's the good one. But to the idea, like what is he getting paid? And what is the bump that he got to effectively recruit Brooks to, to live? Like, if you take all the other guys in his bracket, and I have no idea what the payout is. Let's say, you know, I know some of the, the Am Champs got like two million bucks. Let's say it's that. I have no idea. Is it two five for Chase because he's bringing book Brooks? Is it four because he's bringing Brooks over? I feel over? like it might like, be even more. Honestly, right? Like, you're effectively paying to get – he's the biggest star uh, other than DeChambeau. I'd say he's the biggest star on, on Live right now yeah. despite his recent form. So – yeah, that he is of all the guys who are lying up there about this, God. he's the biggest liar who lied. Yeah, that, that I mean, I saw that Jay Monahan was at Kepka's wedding. Like they have a relationship, you know? And it's like and he goes up there and says that stuff, I would be incredibly pissed off if I was Jay Monahan about that. So anyways. Just a bit. Just yeah. a bit. Uh, as always, Golf Show is brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary, symmetrical, full-time, all-wheel drive. All right. We've, we've talked about the somehow at the end depressing. We were having fun. Live tour here. We are going to get back to good Canadian talk. Our boy, Adam Stanley, Canada Day weekend. He spent a whole day running around with Brooke Henderson. Let's be honest, living my dream. I'm going to talk to him about that. Going to go over all the things we're thankful for in Canadian golf. Canada Day edition of the Golf Show continues right here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Welcome back to the Golf Show. As always, the Golf Show brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary, symmetrical, full-time, all-wheel drive, Canada Day edition of the Golf Show. Canada Day weekend. We got a long weekend here. Sun is shining in the GTA, and we've gone to one of our favorites, Golf Content Beast, Adam Stanley, the Stanimal. How you doing, buddy? 
<laughs> Guys, I'm doing uh, I'm doing great. No, it's been uh, June, heck of a run through June, but uh, happy to have a slight slowdown in July, and then we'll ramp right back up again for the uh, CP Women's Open in August here in Ottawa, which uh, should be so much fun. Can't can't wait for that event as well. Let's let's start there. Uh, I know you were out at the uh, the wonderful Ottawa Hunt Club for for Media Day ahead of that event. You you followed around Brooke Henderson. You know me, Stanley. I don't need to tell you because you're the only one who believes this more than me. I think. <laughs> but this is Canada's most underappreciated athlete. She got given the key to the city. There was like a line all the way into Canada at a golf town. It looked like. <laughs> what, what was drop. the day like following following our girl Brooke Henderson around? Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was sure something because by the end of the day, I was absolutely wiped and I didn't have to do anything. I was just standing there listening, <laughs> making notes, asking a few questions as the day went on. And Brooke was like, had to be 11 out of 10 all day long from sunup to sundown. And I can only imagine how absolutely exhausted she was. But she did such an incredible job. And, and your point about um, her being so underrated is is incredibly valid. And I think it's partially due to the fact that she's a bit of a victim of her own success. Like when she doesn't win, even though she's the winningest Canadian of all time, it's kind of like, well, what's wrong with Brooke? Uh, and then this year when she's made the cut, she's made the cut at, you call it 10 out of 12 events. She hasn't finished outside the top 15 in any event that she's made the cut yet so far this year and if this was Corey or if this was Mackenzie if this was Adam Hadwin we'd be like you know lining up the parade for these guys so mm-hmm. uh she's done an amazing job she did an amazing job this week um you know just tip my cap to her I think the most fascinating thing and, and this is going to be kind of part of my story that I'm doing on her and her day is that it doesn't matter how old you are what walk of life you are everybody just loves Brooke Henderson and and, and the most perfect example of this was at the at golf town where we went, the lineup of people was down the block, like you said, and it was young kids, it was old people, it was men, it was women. And then there was this one guy who had a big beard kind of down to his chest, a Harley Davidson motorcycle t-shirt on. John Daly was there? It, it was <laughs> almost, almost. And the back of his shirt said, um, the Wicked Crows of Udaway, and I looked it up later, and this dude was in a motorcycle gang, and he loves Brooke <laughs> Henderson just as much as everyone else. So I was like, you know, he just came uh, by himself. He was probably like our age, got in line like everyone, got a photo with Brooke, was, had a big old smile on his face, and, and it didn't matter if you were that guy or if you were a six-year-old girl. Uh, everyone loved Brooke Henderson. So it was a neat day for that. that. That's an incredible oh, tidbit. Thank you for that. And I will say, just just to touch a little bit more on Brooke here, for her to do that kind of stuff, that's that's outside of her comfort zone. Let's be honest, right? She's a little bit shy. Like, to have a full day like that where she's yucking it up with the public and talking to everybody, I would say a little bit outside her comfort zone. So good for her to be able to go out there and do that, right? Um, a million percent. Uh, Brittany Henderson, her sister, and, and Caddy and I, we, we chatted for a little while throughout the day as well. And I did ask her, I was like, do you think Brooke is – starting to relish the role of being the face of Canadian golf anymore. And she's like, she's definitely matured into this because, you know, when she first started, she was still kind of the, the new face of Canadian golf and she was 17 and now she's 24 turning 25. Uh, she's won 11 times. She's won a major. She's won the Canadian open. And Brittany told me like Brooke is shy. And for a shy person to have to do this, it continues to be, more and more impressive so you're right it's a great observation she is inherently shy she's always been that way they trot her out to be the face of the tournament the face of canadian golf the face of cp you could go down the list and she's handled it i would say much better now than 
earlier when she was expected to do all of this as well as a young teenager. Yeah, you forget yeah, how, you forget how young she still is yeah, too. I know. <laughs> it's it's honestly it's incredible, and that that's the thing that always jumps out to me is that it feels like Brooke has been around and in our lives for so long. And re- realistically, I mean, just getting going, right? Like, we know how professional golf is. It can come and go in peaks and valleys and waves, but there is no reason why this run is ending any anytime yeah. soon. And, you know, I, I just do want to go back for, for a second to the RBC Canadian Open Day. Of course, she, she picks up the win that day. And, you know, it was really, honestly, it was awesome to walk into the media center. I saw you sweating a little bit because your day just got a whole <laughs> lot busier. But it was <laughs> incredible. Not for that one. It was incredible to hear the way the guys were talking about her. You know, I will admit, sometimes it feels like they get asked a question and it's out of the blue and they're like, "What? Am, okay, yeah, we, we all love Brooke. But after the win at the Canadian Open, I don't know if the guys were just in their feels because the, the, that tournament went so well, but to hear <laughs> the reverence they talked about her with after that win. You know, Connors, he had a hell of a day on the Sunday there, but to hear him talk about Brooks' win in the media center after and, and just the, the respect that those guys have for her. Mike Weir has won a green jacket, and I'm pretty sure he calls Brooke the greatest Canadian yeah. golfer, <laughs> and he should because she's won the most. Like It is incredible the deference all the Canadian men show to her, and rightfully so. Yeah, it's certainly pretty neat, and and you know to kind of put a pin on on that and and your point, you know those guys Corey and Mackenzie, you know they played on the national team at the exact same time as as Brooke did. I mean, here's Brooke, 14 years old, um, coming along playing the national team, playing the, these global stages, and, and winning as a youngster, and then all those guys, you know, traveled around and, and tried to beat her or, or win as uh, the same number of events as her when they were teenagers as well. And now they've gone off and, and they're the biggest names uh, in the sport for the country on the biggest stage in the game. And, and they're all kind of still chasing her. So yeah, they, I mean, Adam Hadwin, Nick Taylor, maybe not as much because they, they never really crossed paths with her. They obviously kind of know her success and, and appreciate it and are chasing it as well. But Corey and Mackenzie for sure. Uh, and Taylor Pendrith a little bit as well. Uh, you know, those guys, when they were on the team together and realized like, Oh my gosh, like this girl is really special. And now they're kind of bearing witness to it. It is really cool to see reactions like what Corey said Sunday at the Canadian open about Brooks. So, you know, we, we the Canadian golfers all love each other and, and we love them for that too. And that, that's the best, right? Like we are who we are. We are Canadians and we want to wrap our arms around each other, give yeah. each other a big oh, yeah, hug baby. because that's our who we are. And what a segue into our topic. Uh, Canada Day weekend here. I mean, we, we basically got to do it already in terms of things we're thankful for in, in Canadian golf. I had to start with Brooke Henderson questions because I didn't want to get into a huge fight with you, Stanley, over which one of us got to say we're <laughs> most thankful for Brooke. So there, we. I'll, I, I like let you lay claim to it, but I just want to be clear. I'm, I am right right there behind you uh, I'll, I'll launch into something else i'm really thankful for in canadian golf uh we used to be everywhere on the sportsnet radio network and hey you can still get the pod wherever you are but because we're just on sportsnet 590 the fan in toronto i feel no qualms about saying this one ontario has the biggest it may, it may not have the best course in the country that's Cabot. It's going to be number one. I can't imagine that changing anytime soon. But if you look at the most recent top 100 score golf list, 54 of the top 100 are in Ontario. Let's go. 76 Let's of go. the top 140. All right in our backyard. I've been lucky to pluck a bunch of them off. So I'm going to start right there. McKee, I'll throw it to you. And Stanley, if you want to get in on it as well, definitely. But that is that is my thing that I am maybe – other than Brooke, most thankful for huh. in Canadian golf. <laughs> also from Ontario. Shout out. 
So oh, of course I'll, I'll jump in here. I'll even go even a little bit more specific here. Even in the West end of Toronto, uh, there are so many unbelievable courses that I've had a chance to play even this year. Like we got to play St. George's on media day before the, the Canadian open, which not a big deal. I've got the chance to play Weston, got a chance to play Lambton this year. Like there are some world-class courses within a 15 minute drive of where I live. So if we're getting hyper-specific, I'm extremely thankful for not only Ontario golf, but Toronto golf and not just in the West end, it's all over the place, but it's a really incredible part of the world for golf. And I hope it gets its due. Didn't you just play Toronto Hunt too, which arguably uh, has the best I, setting for a putting green uh, in <laughs> that I've ever seen in the history of the world? Like, yes, and I, that's just the putting green. I did play. I did play Toronto Hunt this week. Uh, I got you a, might I got, be wearing I got, the hat I, right I, now. I am wearing the hat. I got an. I got an invite. Uh, I got an invite, and I went and played there. Just to quickly on that, I don't know ever enjoying a nine hole. I don't play in a lot of nine hole courses. That was a ridiculously cool place. Uh, Isn't it awesome? It, yeah, it really is. The par five there. Uh, there's one par five. It may be my favorite par five I've ever played. It's unbelievable. So uh, yeah, so I, there we go. So it's an incredible part of the world for golf in Ontario and even specifically in Toronto. It's just a bunch of amazing golf around here. Incredible. And I think kind of building off of your guys' point about golf in Ontario, I think we are we are lucky because, yes, our, our season is, is short, and we're not going to say that that's why we're lucky, but we experience seasonal golf, which I think is a unique thing to, to us. You know, fall golf in this province, uh, Muskoka, uh, Kawarthas, uh, southwestern Ontario, fall golf in, in Ontario is, is undefeated. Fall golf in Canada remains undefeated. But that first game in spring as well, like you, you can't beat that feeling. And then 36 in a day, you know, in, in the middle of June, you can't beat that either. And we are so lucky that our uh, location, our seasonality allows for golf in this country to be played, you know, first drop of spring, long summer days, crispy fall uh fall games wearing a vest you i was know? just gonna we say have... <laughs> i was waiting for the Where, vest what am, I getting... <laughs> what am i gonna drop it i knew i was i was waiting for it myself i was like what am i gonna be able to say we can wear vests when we play golf i finally hit it but that that's one thing i'm thankful for the seasonality of golf in this country I do have to say, I, I love how much you've truly become the, the outright owner of vest season. Like, you wearing a golf vest is quickly becoming like Don King's perm in terms of a, a identifying feature. If I see a guy wearing a great, usually level wear vest, I know it's Adam Stanley. I know it is. I know it is. Uh, I love it. I love that you have that calling card there. Uh, one other thing. This is to get back to kind of the business of golf. Uh, and Stanley, I'll, I'll throw it to you after this because I know you, okay. you can pick up on this. It's the the financial backing that Golf Canada has gotten lately. Obviously, there was the big gift from the Stollery family. I, I believe you you might know a little more than that uh, about me, Stanley. But, but just in, in terms of everything, the program has stepped up. They want to have 30 Canadians on the PGA and LPGA tours uh, within the coming, I believe, decade it is. I just love the seriousness with which Golf Canada is taking the goal of elevating young talent. And because mm. the more you do that, the more it elevates the game in our country. You know, the more we have these exciting weekends where Brooks doing something or Corey or Mac or or Hadwin or any of the million, you know, Canadians we have out there doing something, the more likely it is that the game has money pumped into it here at kind of the grassroots level. So I, I want to thank everybody who's involved with that and what's happening at Golf Canada for kind of pushing that that next level program that they've they've got going on there. Yeah, it's a unique scenario that golf in this country and, and Golf Canada have found themselves in because 
you don't want to reference it this way, but you kind of have to. The pandemic itself was one of the best things to happen to this sport in this country in quite some time. And so many people picked up the game for the first time. So many people picked the game up again. Uh, Gulf Canada's senior leadership team from uh, Lisa Ferkel, who's the new chief marketing officer who came from Scotiabank. Uh, Kevin Blue, who you referenced, uh, who's the new chief sport officer. He came from uh, a big university in the States, and, and it's been his vision uh, to to install this, this long-term plan to get 30 guys and girls on the PGA and LPGA Tour. You know, they've all been hired in the last two-ish years. Uh, and then Lawrence Applebaum is, I think, coming up to his fifth year as the CEO, and he came from tennis. So none of those three folks in the C-suite came from a golfing background, but what they have come from is either fundraising backgrounds or high performance sport backgrounds or uh, elite marketing effort backgrounds that are all kind of combining to drive the sport forward in this country and, and combine that with an unheralded passion, an unsurpassed passion for the game, uh, along with people who are you know keen to leave a legacy wrapped in golf for moving forward uh the game just couldn't be in a better space and, and especially when you compare golf canada to to perhaps other uh, national sport organizations and, and some challenges that everyone else has been going through you kind of just look at our sport the sport of golf and you realize that it's a woman who's the who's the face of it in in brooke henderson you've got um you know so many for the the first tee the first tee of canada is is laser like on on driving the game forward in, in multicultural areas and you know the the game has obviously had its its issues but there's you know financial support there's emotional support there's corporate canada support uh and quite frankly there is icon and hero support you know the 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 generation of girls who are seven eight nine who want to be like brooke henderson i can't wait for 10 years from now when they're all trying to realize their dream because we've already bared witness to it from the mike weir generation because all those guys are winning on the pga tour right now yeah, that's a great point, and that kind of is a perfect segue into what my next I'm thankful for moment here for Canadian golf is just the relevance of, you know, the men's side of Canadian golfers to the point of taking what we have at the moment almost for granted, fellas. Like, you look on the PGA Tour, and of course you talk about Connors, you talk about McKenzie, you talk about Adam Hadwin, you know, Svensson, Nick Taylor, but even under that, you know, Pendrith, Cockrell, T- Roger Sloan, Michael, like... There's so many different guys that are relevant on tour to the point where we almost take it for granted. And it never used to be like this. So the, the Mike Weir effect is a huge one. And it's just the relevance of Canadian golf and the PGA tour is my, was one of the things I'm thankful for on Canada Day weekend. A hundred percent. And you brought up uh, Aaron Cockrell, who I think maybe is only now getting his due because of, you know, how well he played at the Canadian open. And that it's just an example of like, yeah, we've got, you know, 10 guys on the PGA Tour or whatever it is. Aaron Cockrell is playing extremely well on the European Tour. And if he continues this run into next year when the DP World Tour is kind of changing around its qualification, you know, if that guy finishes top 10 on that money list, he's going to earn a PGA Tour card that way. And then we're going to have, you know, 11, a dozen guys on the PGA Tour if Stu McDonald or uh, Alvin Choi earns their tour card via the Corn Ferry Tour. So before you know it, and it kind of builds off your point specifically before you know it, we may have the most Canadians ever in the history of this game playing on the biggest platform and the biggest stage in the sport. And how could you not be excited about that? Because golf is individualistic and you can support individuals, but you can also support this team, this team of Canadians. uh, And we've never had a better team than what we do right now. 
I'm I'm happy you, you mentioned Albin Choi there because I mean you know he was a pretty high profile junior and the last time I had seen him was actually when he was on the bag for Sung J M at the Honda yeah. when Sung J and McKenzie were were dueling and Mac Hughes was doing the Sam Cassell dance in, uh, in Sung J M's face there after he threw a dart on 16 or 17 at the Bear Trap so I'm I am thrilled to see Albin Choi back with his playing career I remember the story kind of coming out that the the money he was making from caddying was certainly helping things along so I'm I'm thrilled he's back in that direction uh I'll. I'll I'll throw one more at you, Stanley, here. And this is, uh, this is a little bit of a bigger golf topic than just Canada. Th- and oh boy. Please, don't, please don't burst my bubble and tell me I'm wrong about this. Thank goodness we don't have a Canadian on the live tour. I could not handle a world where it's even like, uh, it's not like, you know, Ben Silverman's out there and I could not knock him for grabbing the money, but I'm so happy. I don't have to defend or deal with my own feelings about that. That is maybe the biggest thing I'm thankful for right now that we do not have a Canadian on the live tour. Please don't burst my bubble. If, if I'm wrong, just let me live in the world where I'm wrong, but inform me actually. I'll let you live. Get it? Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. look at you. Dad jokes <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I, won't, I won't burst your bubble. You know, it's funny. A lot of people are you know, tweeting at me or asking me, like, hey, what, like, live tour. What do you think? And I was like, honestly, since there's no Canadian playing it, you know, I, I'll have my opinions about uh, the people, the places, the tour, the et cetera, et cetera. But until such time as a Canadian ever decides to go play, there's not really much reason to – you know, really cover the exhibition tour that is the Live Golf Invitational Series. Now, if an event in Canada gets added to the schedule um, moving forward, then perhaps there'll be something more to have a conversation with uh, on that front. But, yeah, you know, it's obviously something that's shaken up professional golf on the men's side. And is there the shiny new syndrome uh, to it? 100%. Am I curious about what's going to happen moving forward? 100%. But, yeah, there's no Canadian out there, and if that's the way it's going to stay moving forward, then I would agree with you, Gunner. It's uh, <laughs> probably for the best. All right. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll save my live thoughts for another day, maybe off air. Um, <laughs> okay. My, my last thing I'm thankful for, and this is very specific, and it's a, a hashtag blessed situation, but I'm just thankful for Cabot. Cabot is oh, a ridiculous. <laughs> it's a ridiculous place on the planet. Uh, both those courses are amongst the greatest. Co- I don't know. I can't picture a better finishing four holes anywhere than in, on planet Earth than at Cabot Cliffs. It's just in a ridiculous place. I got to go out there last summer uh, at the end of last summer to visit my buddy who works out there. Keegan, shout out if you listen to the show, buddy. You won't. But I just podcast wanted to, available anytime. Yeah, I just I really am thankful to have that as a part of our country because it's a ridiculous place. So there you go, Gunner. Can I build off that? Can I say yeah, one or please two go go Abso- absolutely, Stanley. Go. <laughs> so the the interesting thing about Canada as a whole is that we do have places like Cabot, which is you know Oceanside Golf, World Top One Hundred, absolutely incredible. But across the country, like I'm going to Vancouver Island next week to play golf out there and we've got and shoot content shout out content always but we have um (laughs) but we have ocean golf on on two oceans we've got mountain golf we've got parkland golf like st george's uh we've got munis we've got par three courses we've got uh you know courses in the middle of saskatchewan where you can see for miles and miles and miles and i think that the breadth of the canadian landscape allows for places to play golf unlike almost anywhere else in the world and i think that that is something that while everyone has their bucket list of 
Ireland, Scotland, um, you know, Australia, Sandbelt, and, and with abandoned dunes and pebble and et cetera, and with reason, you know, the, the exploration of golf in this country and the options that exist is certainly something that I am thankful for. And, you know, it allows you to explore things and places and cities that maybe you would never go to because you just got to go play golf in, you know, Jasper Park or in Banff or uh, in Inverness, Scotland, like you said, Sam, or Inverness, uh, Nova Scotia, excuse me, like you said, Sam, which is, uh, how can you beat it? That was so patriotic. A beaver just crawled into my lap and is just sitting here, <laughs> just slapping his tail, I actually loving to, everything you're I actually saying. had to stand up and take my hat off like it was the Nash, like it was our, uh, you know, the national anthem. I really That's had the to... golf show national anthem. Now we're going to put that to some <laughs> wonderful backing. And you, you, you're right. <laughs> Honestly, you're right. Whatever type of golf you want in this country, you, you can find it. Yes, of course. Never want to knock any of those places you just mentioned, but man, you can get a pretty, uh, pretty close approximation here. And I'll throw in one last thing on Cabot. The worldwide takeover is on. I understood they were building a course in St. Lucia, I think. They got a place over in Scotland now. Florida. Cabot World, Florida. Cabot Worldwide is happening. It is the slow worldwide takeover uh, by the Canadian conglomerate there. So I'm happy you boys brought it up, and I'll be even happier when I one day play it and I can join in on the fun conversation. Uh, Stanley. Thanks so much, man. Happy Canada Day to you. Uh, loved loved your content following Brooke Henderson around. And as always, be contenting. Can't wait to see what you uh, put together uh, on the uh, on the best coast out there for us. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. Always fun. See you, bud. There he goes, Adam Stanley, golf content beast. As always, the golf show is brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary, symmetrical, full-time, all-wheel drive golf shows back next Saturday right here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.